Mindfulness Mode 336. If you live to be 80 years old, your heart is going gonna, is gonna to beat something like 400 billion times. Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford, your host and mindfulness life coach. Be bold and never be old. Isn't that a positive statement? And that's what we're going to be hearing about today. But today is Wednesday morning, July 4th. So happy 4th of July to all of you from the United States. Hope you're having a fun, relaxing day. Now, I realize by the time you're listening to this, The 4th of July is finished, but I hope you did have a great day, relaxing, you had fun, you did whatever you wanted to. I'm thrilled to have received another message from my listener in Michigan, Jara. Thanks, Jara, for connecting with me again. She says, listening to Mindfulness Mode helped give me the inspiration to leave a job that looked good on paper, but that I didn't find fulfilling. And I restarted my own marketing and design business. She said, each episode gives me an aha moment. I tell all of my friends and family about your podcast. So thanks so much, Jara. I hope you've had a terrific 4th of July. And please subscribe wherever you listen on whatever app and share the show with your friends. The show notes are at mindfulnessmode.com and you can always check out all the show notes there and you can type into the search bar the name of someone you're looking for or an episode number today i'm with an incredibly fit and mindful man rico he maintains a high level of fitness and inspires people including me i'll tell you with his belief that no matter what age you're at you can still do things to keep your body healthy And I mean, we all know that on paper, but he lives it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of Mindfulness Mode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I have Rico Cavalia here with me today. This is going to be a really interesting talk about, about health, about being fit, about being a vital, healthy person. Rico, I want to ask you, are you in mindfulness mode today? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. <laughs> That's great. Rico, it's great to have you with us here on the show. And I want to share a little bit about you with Mindful Tribe. Rico Cavalia is a trainer specializing in being totally vital and fit, even if you're older. Now, Rico's chronological age is 76, yet his fitness age is only 35 years old. He's creator of the Ageless Living Lifestyle, the Vitality for Life Training System, and the Be Bold, Never Be Old Wellness Club. He's a speaker. He's an author of 17 books, And he's been a personal trainer for 36 years. He's a multi-gold and silver medalist in the California State Senior Olympics. And Rico's specialty is all about helping others have high energy and be motivated and fit so they can be as successful as they want to be. Now, Rico is also host and creator of the Fearless Aging Podcast. So, Rico, even sitting here today looking at you, I'm on a Zoom call. I can see how vital and healthy you are, and you look nowhere near your chronological age of 76. Man, awesome how you've done this. And I want to go way back to when you were a kid. Were you one of those super active, super athletic kids? You're always competing? 
yes, I was. And I'll tell you the reason actually why, which, you know how, how the saying is that our challenges uh, are really our blessings? Yes. Well, I'll tell you, my big challenge really turned out to be my blessing because I stuttered really badly as a young child. Ah. And of course, you know how children can be very unmindfulness and, and they you know tease you and make fun of, of you. So uh, you know, a lot of kids would tease and laugh you know, when I would stutter. So uh, I remember being in class, you know, I, I would be in, in class and the teacher would say, raise your hand if you know the answer to the question. And I would never raise my hand, even though I almost always knew the answer to the question because I was afraid I was going to get laughed at, you know. So when you stutter, you actually become sort of introverted because you're unable to express yourself well verbally. But my blessing was I became really extroverted physically. And fortunately, you know, I, I could run fast and I was, a, I was a good athlete, so I got myself in good physical condition. So I became a very active physical person. So that turned out to be a blessing because it served me well, you know, throughout my whole life. And what kind of sports did you do in high school that you remember that you really truly enjoyed? Well, I'll tell you what, if I knew, if I was my, if I'd been mindful then, of course, they're too young to be mindful. If I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have played football. I'll tell you that because I actually uh -huh. end up, uh, that actually was one of my best sports, but I actually tore up my knee uh, playing football. But I, I, I ran track and football and basketball, you know, all, in those days, this was in New Mexico and uh, what, I guess this was in uh well, even in the 40s and 50s, yeah. So all we had was the main sports, you know, football, baseball, and basketball. Did you ever get any concussions? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't talked about back I, then, no, was it? Talked about, nobody even knew anything about that in those days. Yeah, yeah you right. hit your head, you got up, you kept going, you, you didn't worry about it. Is that basically it? I think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. And so then when did you decide that you wanted to help others become fit as well? Well, I moved to San Diego in 1980, and uh -huh. I had the good fortune. I, I met uh, a guy who was just opening up one of the very first modern personal training studios here in San Diego, and he said he needed some help. And you know, I had always been physically active, and I was still in pretty good shape from all the things I had been doing. And so I said, "Well, it sounds interesting." So I was looking for something new to do. So we started this personal training studio and, and we also then we started doing some of the very first corporate fitness programs. And, and what I found was, you know, when you're able to learn about the body and, and the mind and, and get yourself, you know, physically and mentally fit, mm -hmm. uh, and then you can help others do the same. I mean, that was, that was just so satisfying and so yeah. uh, rewarding. So I've been doing that ever since. So, what do you do with somebody who says they want to be fit, but then when it comes right down to it, you know, you show them what to do, you show them, you know, you develop a routine and everything, and they just don't seem to have the motivation to stick with it. Is there some way to help them with it? Well, that's the million dollar question. And right. know, people for, from people in my field, that's always the frustration. And, and, and I always wonder, you know, why people don't just get it, you know, because I mean, it just—it's everything, you know. To, to, uh, to realize that you know our physical body is our gift. You know, however you want to think of the God or the Creator or however it doesn't matter, but but we're we're all created somehow, right? And so this physical body that we have is our gift, and it's our gift to do what we're our purpose here on, on this planet 
is and and to also and to enjoy this physical life but of course we have a lot of challenges too so it's so important to take the very best possible care of your physical body as possible and it just makes so much sense and everyone will as, as you said everyone knows that it, it would benefit them to be as healthy and as fit as they could possibly be and we know all the benefits and yet so many people still don't get around to it and uh that has always been the question. <laughs> that always been the, the biggest uh, challenge is, is to get people to realize, you know, all the benefits. So basically what I say, you know, if, if you can just commit to like 90 days, if you can stick with a program, a proper program of, you know, healthy eating and exercise for at least 90 days, you will experience so much benefits, you know, feeling better, looking better, having so much more energy, uh, then you'll uh, you'll be motivated to stick with it. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about dementia, Alzheimer's, and how, you know, we feel good when we're younger and we think, hey, this is great. But then as we get older, we start, some people start losing some of that clarity of thought. And, and we know that a lot of our seniors suffer from dementia. Now, how can being fit and being active curb that? Well, th that's an excellent question. Well, first of all, I want to say is that we have to realize that our brain is just another, uh, it's just another organ. It's, it's, it's part of our, our physical body as well. And so any, anything that you do you know, to get more oxygen in your body, to improve your circulation, uh, it affects everything. It affects our brain just as well as it affects any of our muscles or any, any part of our body. So anytime, uh, any exercise or you know, healthy, getting good nutrition, it affects our brain just as much as, as, as any, any other organ or, or muscle that's, that's in our body. So a, a proper health program will definitely help to keep your brain functioning just as well as any, any other organ in the body. And it, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, our brain uh, needs certain fats to be most healthy. And, you know, yeah. there was a whole a whole phase where we were pushed not to consume fats. But, of course, there's a big difference between healthy fats and non-healthy fats. Right. And what are your comments on that? Yeah, that's no question. I think I think that's there's been so much uh, studies on that that there is, it's, it's proven that, you know, fat. Yeah, you know what, Bruce, one of the, one of the biggest things – we have to be aware of is whatever is seems to be the big trend or the big uh oh don't do this or this is not good it's, it's most likely wrong because pretty soon later on years later we'll say oh that wasn't the right thing you know it's always about balance you know and, yeah. and realizing that that any of these things come out people just look people will jump on it and, and promote some kind of a product or something just you know like all this low fat or no fat or no carbs and all these things. And it, it's all nonsense. You know, we, we need a variety of all foods, healthy fats and carbohydrates and proteins. And of course, the type of fats that we don't need are, are ones that are, are, are cooked or fried. You know, anytime you, you heat an oil or a fat it, to a certain temperature, it becomes, uh, it becomes a, a non-food. It, it, it changes the molecular structure of the fat. And it can be really damaging for our arteries and all different kind of things. But we need healthy, uh, and also we know that the vegetable oils, you know, that are so cheap and are used in most processed foods, any type of vegetable oils, you know, and all these highly processed oils like canola oil and uh, soy oil and corn oil and all these oils, they're definitely not good for us. Uh, they don't have the omega-3s that we know are, are really the healthy oils that we need. So you want to stick with oils like 
coconut oil, olive oil, uh, avocado oil. And, and, and the other thing about saturated fats, n- not all saturated fats are, are, are bad for us. You know, again, right. saturated fats are only really bad for you if you're, if you're frying them. Otherwise, right. they have some really good benefit into our health as well. Well, since we're on the topic of eating, let's talk about processed sugar. You never mentioned anything about that. Right. What are your comments? Well, yeah, we also know that sugar is, 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 a, is a big problem for, in America. We eat way too much processed sugar. So what happens is uh, our, our body actually runs on sugar. Our brain runs on sugar. It's you know, runs up 90% of burned sugar in the form of, of glucose. And what happens when we eat, you know, whether it's in a natural form or a processed form, uh, a certain amount of sugar will will be stored in our muscles as glyc as glycogen, and then mm-hmm. utilized when we you know as as for energy in our brain and, and in our muscles. But what happens when we uh, produce we eat way too much sugar? That excess sugar just gets stored as fat. So that's that's really one of the biggest factors in obesity that we have in America is that we're eating way too much sugars and too much uh, sim- simple carbohydrates that just turn into sugar right away. And our body can't utilize it all, and so it gets stored as fat. So you you really want to stick with, uh, you know, just complex carbohydrates are also also turn to sugar, like brown rice and sweet potatoes and whole grain, maybe gluten free breads for for most people will also turn to sugar. So uh, for myself I, and, and my clients, I recommend if you you know as, as sweeteners, you know, raw organic uh, honey is a is a good form of sugar. Maple syrup actually is a, is a is a pretty good form of sugar because it doesn't uh, it, it has a slow glycemic index, where it means it it doesn't get into the bloodstream too quickly like a lot of processed uh-huh. sugars. And so I just, understand it's alkaline as well. Is that right? Maple syrup? Uh, uh, I have to look that. I'm not sure. Maybe it is. It might be. Yeah. yeah. Well, honey. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Even honey is slightly alkaline. You know, where right. most processed sugars are are acid. And yeah. Since, I'll just mention that since we're on that topic. Uh, most foods that we eat are all turn out to be acidic in the body. You know, animal products, uh, grains, sugars are all uh, acidic. And then, of course, we know what are mostly our alkaline are, are most fruits and, and, and vegetables. So, mm-hmm. uh, and when we get too far, our bodies get too acid. That's when our body begins to to break down, and that's what's normally called the disease state. You know, like most. Uh, illness we have are when our bodies are too acid. Right, I see. Well, let's move over to exercise. Now, on a personal level, I want to mention that my doctor has been uh, working with me and he uh, wants me to, you know, be active, which I want to be as well. And so I, uh, I go to the gym and I was doing a routine where I was going uh, at least three times, three to four times a week, and I would I would do uh, rigorous exercise. I would run on the treadmill for mm-hmm. about 35, 30 to 40 minutes, basically, and I would get my heart rate up, and uh, I'd be going about six miles an hour, I think it was, something like that, and then when I went back to him, and I felt pretty good about it, you know, and I kept records and everything else. And I went back to him and he says, no, 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 no. I don't want you doing that. I just want you walking. I don't want you running. And that's that's not good for you. So I don't want you doing that. And it just kind of threw me off because I... I sort of lost my motivation. You know, I felt like I was doing well and I was feeling good about it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, I don't really want to walk. What are your comments on that? 
Well, it's it's so individual. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, running does put a lot of stress on the joints and, right. and age, you know, uh, there's going to be wear and tear. So I recommend that now uh, I, I definitely don't recommend running if you're if you're running on, you know, out, out on concrete or asphalt mm -hmm. like most people do, because that is really pounding your joints and, and, and that's going to cause problems for you. Uh, if, if you are going to run, you know, you need to run like on the beach or run on a, tr on a, on a track or in the park. And it, well, even on a treadmill, I, I have to kind of agree i'm not too big on treadmills yeah. myself because you are kind of pounding because you're it's sort of a, a hard surface right so now i know you live in ontario so you you've got some colder better you know weather there so you can't yeah. always get outside it's almost better if you can always get outside yes you know when you got fresh air but i would say and here's another thing too uh, you know and we now know that jogging you know for like miles and miles and for like an hour or more it's, it's really kind of a waste of time it because there, we've actually found that uh, studies have shown that just a slow, continued like jogging actually can slow the metabolism down instead of speed it up. So what's, I'm sure you've heard of interval training these days. You know what most people recommend these days is what's called interval training, mm -hmm. where you go no matter what you're doing, whether you're riding a bike or you're running or you're walking or you're uh, uh, swimming, whatever you do, you go really hard, almost all out for about 30 to 40 seconds. And then, and then you then you slow back down to, to a base heart rate, maybe for a minute or two, and then go hit it again. So really, only about 20 minutes of uh, of doing intervals is actually more beneficial. Is more beneficial than uh, you know out out jogging for for like an hour because what we find out is when you do interval training, it actually speeds your metabolism up for for the whole day. So over the whole day, you'll actually burn more calories than if you were out jogging for a whole hour well that's really interesting to know i'm going yeah, so I'd to say for you do you have any trouble with your joints at all I mean, you need no any... no i don't okay and you're not really overweight uh, especially if a person's overweight you don't want to be you know running and all that on a treadmill that much because you, again you're pounding you're, all that weight's pounding on your joints so right i would recommend you know for most people to go out like one power walk and but you can you know if you go out for a walk you can push it really hard or go up hills and then yeah. back off but i think for you I, I would say you know if you like doing the treadmill if you like it uh how about do they have those ellipticals yes they do yeah those are better because they don't put any stress on your thing and if you just use like an elliptical and do that for like 20 you know 20 to 30 minutes and you know push it really hard and then back off and then push it really hard i think you'll get better results that way now, should I be watching my pulse, my heart rate while I'm doing that? Or should I just not, not even be thinking about that? No, it's a good idea to, uh, and most machines, you know, most of them have a monitor on, on the machine, right? So you can yeah. see that. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's a rule of thumb, you know, there's an old rule of thumb is, you know, whatever your age is, it's like 220 minus your age. So if you're 50 you know, minus 220, that'd be 170. And then, and the max you want to go is like 80% of that. So like, 80% of, of 170 is probably like about 150. So you, it is kind of good to know what a maximum heart rate is. Uh, so maybe, it, say, say if you're 50, you don't want to get your heart rate up over maybe 145 or 150. And then, uh, and you want to develop what, what is a, like a base. In other words, a base heart rate is, is, is when you're, say you're on the treadmill and you're, and you're jogging or whatever you're doing, it's a heart rate that, that it, it's a little bit elevated, but you feel like you can sustain it. In other words, 
yeah, I'm breathing a little hard and I, I, my heart's beating up a little bit. Maybe it's around a, a hundred or whatever it could be for you as an individual, but you feel like you could maintain that for a while. It, it's not right. like you're so out of breath. I can't keep this up. So, so you take it up to a little bit, almost to the max, 80% of your maximum heart rate, and then bring it back down to your base where you feel like you can sustain it and go back and forth between those two. Okay, so if I go to the gym three or four times a week and keep that up for 90 days, then I'll have that habit developed and I'll be on the elliptical and I should be much better off than I am right now. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget, uh, you know, you got to get in some strength training. You know, so many people just focus so much on aerobic training, but, but strength training is actually to me is even even more important, you know, because also as you're, as you're strengthening and toning up your muscles, I mean, you're also elevating your heart as well. And, and anaerobic training is actually really important. Here's something that I want to tell you because hardly anybody else mentions this. Uh -huh. Think about our heart. Our heart is the most endurance muscle any, in the world, right? For an average person, if you live to be 80 years old, your heart is going gonna, is gonna to beat something like 400 billion times. Wow. That's amazing. Just keeps on beating. It is amazing. So, so we don't we don't need to train our heart to be uh, as for uh, for endurance. Now that's you know if you want to go out and run five miles or run marathons, which is I think is not very smart because it, it really beats your body up. But but running distance is is a sport. It's not really all that good for you. And you don't need to train your heart to be an endu for endurance. What you need to train your heart for is for an emergency when it, when you have high have a high stress. So that's why interval training is get your heart pumping real fast because need, you need some, some energy, you need some blood and some, and some uh, oxygen right away and then back off again. So that's why anaerobic training, you know, going really fast for, for a little while and then back it off. So that trains your heart to be able to withstand some uh, high amount of stress for a short period of time. And that's how we really need to train our heart. We don't need to go out and run miles and miles and miles unless that's what you like to do. Okay, well, that sounds like good advice. Now, since we're on the topic too, I want to ask you about you know the effect that gravity has on our bodies, and we know that as we get older, you know, it's pulling us down, it's pulling us down. And I've seen a number of my friends on Facebook recently talking about anti gravity machines, and that iron there's an Iron Man anti gravity machine. Is this something that you advocate? Uh, I'm not sure about that one, but. You know, just the inversion tables, you know, where you get on yeah. on table and you back up. I think that's really good. Yeah, it's no question. Uh, gravity is always is, is pulling us down. And, uh, you know, there's no way you can totally uh, uh, reverse avoid it. it, avoid it. But but, yeah. but but inverting your body, it also is really good for your internal organs. You know, it kind of takes the stress off your internal organs and it gets blood into your brain. So I, I think it's a good thing to do. I actually have one and I use it sometimes. And. Just like, you know, they say in yoga, you know, the actual, the, the number one, uh, the top best uh, pose or asana is a headstand, you know. So right. it, it is beneficial. And, uh, but also it's just, you know, posture is so important. You know, our posture and how well we can move is really a true measure of your age. So what I'm always getting people to do, you know, is to, whenever you can think about it, lift your shoulders up pull them back because mm. again gravity is always pulling and we live in a forward world right but just like now we're in front of a computer most of the time and we're kind of going forward so yes. whenever you think about it take a break and lift your shoulders up and pull them back take a nice deep breath and, and open up your chest so always be aware of your posture and always be trying to 
lift yourself back up and pull your shoulders back. Up. So how often do you go on your inversion machine and how long for each time? Is it Do you go completely like um, 180 degrees or do you go like 45 degrees? Or what, what's well, it like? Well, if you haven't ever done it, start out, yeah, start out, just start out just at a sh short angle and then just kind of mm -hmm. move yourself up as, as, as you see how comfortable it is for you. And, uh, again, it's so individual, start out easy. I mean, maybe you only stay for a few minutes or five minutes, but sometimes, you, you know, if you're getting used to it, you can stay there for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and, and decrease the angle. Uh, just, just go slow, start out easy and just, just see how it feels, you know, at first, when you first do it, your head's going to feel like you've really got a lot of blood. It'll feel kind of heavy. So, uh, but then pretty soon you get used to it. And after you get, after you're doing it on a regular basis, you know, if you do it every day, you, you can do it every day. And, uh, and then you'll just get on there and you won't even notice it at all. Right. Uh, I, I know a lot of this is developing habits, you know, like you said, you start doing these things for 90 days and it's sort of ingrained in your system. How do you help your clients develop those habits and establish them and stick with them? Well, because I just grab them and pull them over and make them do it. <laughs> well, you know, everything is a habit, right? I, I mean, yeah. Everything we do is a habit, right? It is. So it's all habits. So I think what we have to do is being mindful again is to be mindful of, of our habits and to see are these habits, are they really serving me well or not? Are, are they not serving me very well? So that, that, again, that's where the mindfulness comes into being aware of what we are doing. And if we take some time to slow down, and just really give it some thought of all the things that you're actually doing and, you, and be aware of your habits. And then you'll really see, well, you know, I'm doing this and this is not really good for me. It's not serving me. It's not even making me feel better or, or do better or look better or anything, you know. So as, as again, right, it, it, it just realize that you've got to start developing some habits that are going to that, that are going to serve you. And uh, I think it's uh I think what would be helpful, I, I try and help people, you know, just maybe if nothing else, just get like a little sticky, you know, the, the little stickies and just write down little remember things like, you know, put them on your mirror, like to breathe more, to make sure I do my exercise or I do my stretches, you know, give yourself some reminder notes so you remember that, or if you have some habit of that, you know, it's not good, you know, make a little note of that habit and stick it up there. So then you'll see that, oh, I'm not going to do that today. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of talk these days about, you know, hey, I want to do something, but it, there must be like a mental block holding me back. And I'm sure you've had clients that have come to you and, you know, I want to get fit. I totally want to do this. And then they're not doing it. And then you discover there's some kind of a mental block. How do you get to the bottom of those mental blocks and change direction with your client? Uh, well, that's, that's another great question. I actually have developed, I developed a, uh, a little process I call just the letting go process where we kind of go through just a little, it's just, you know, we just question people of, of what their problem is, uh, you know, say, well, I just can't seem to get myself committed to doing my exercise. Okay. Well, uh, we try and take them back in, in, in their life. You know, can they, they think of a time when, when they, you know, whatever it is, whatever problem that they're dealing with, uh, you know, when that came up or, or something happened, you know, about, say, exercising or, uh, and so we try and find a, a thing that, that maybe is, is like a trigger, you know, for something that they are still some kind of belief or some kind of feeling, something that they're still holding on to that's maybe is like a subconscious block, you know, 
And so we kind of we kind of take them through, or maybe some events, or some mm -hmm. event happened to them. You know, like maybe they they tried to <clears throat> tried to exercise, and and or maybe they was in gym class, and they went up, and they had to go out and run a mile, and they were like the last one, and they they felt really bad about themselves, and they think that they couldn't exercise, they weren't any good at that sort of thing. You know, so we just took, trying to take them through a little process of, of, of really understanding really what it was about and how they're thinking about it and how they can release it. And so we just kind of go through that process. But you know what, uh, really, uh, you know, what I, I like to tell people is that, look, if, if you want to believe that you have some mental block, well, that's just another limiting belief you have, right? So you can Good just point. let that limiting belief go because you can believe anything you want. And, and I, and I, I firmly believe that our conscious mind, no matter what, you know, all the talk about our subconscious, is running 95% of our life, and it, it, it is true. But our conscious mind can override our, our subconscious mind. Still, our conscious mind is in control. So all we have to do is, is have that, that belief, you know, that, look, I'm, my conscious mind is in control, and I don't have to say, oh, I got some subconscious thing, or I got some mental block. See, that's, a, that's just another limiting belief, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right. And so you could just override that and say, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I, I, that's what, to me, that's what mindfulness is, is being aware of what we're thinking and what we're saying. You know, if you say you have a mental block, well, you're stuck. You know, that, that's what you're, then that's your reality. But you can just as easily say, I don't have a mental block and I'm, I'm committed now. I'm going to do this and let, and let your, your conscious mind override any, any kind of a mental block. Great advice. You know, it, it sounds simple and straightforward, and it is simple and straightforward. Right. It is. <laughs> it's just that, like, sometimes, like, we build this wall around ourselves and we don't even know it. And I, I'm exactly. so impressed by how you just worded it all. You know, I always ask a question about bullying, and you mentioned this, this situation that you had when you were younger in life with mm -hmm. the stuttering and everything. I don't know if that's something that you want to share, whether you have a story about bullying that had to do with your stuttering, but I always ask a question, you know, do you have a story to share with us that involved bullying where mindfulness might have made a difference? So do well, you have one, Rico? Well, uh, I'm not sure if I can think of an actual story, but uh, I guess, you know, laughing and teasing someone, it, that is a form of bullying, I guess. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we wouldn't thought of it in, in those days, and there wasn't no. even a term. But that was a form of, of actually bullying without without e either party you know understanding that so mm -hmm. and so yes i mean if if we if we we had the capacity you know to be mindful in those days and realize that if anybody is being unkind or harmful or uh, to anybody else that is you actually have to feel sorry for them because they you know they have something going on and they're not feeling comfortable with them with their self and so if we were, could have been mindful in those days, that then you wouldn't let it bother you, right? <laughs> you would just yeah. say, well, these, these people are being silly or being stupid, and I feel sorry for them. But I, I don't know if I can think of a story right at the moment of something where I had the experience where I used mindfulness, but I, 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 try, and, you know, I try and do that all, all the time now. You know, yeah. if someone is that way. You know, if someone is being stupid or saying you know, bad things to someone or to yourself, you just you just you know let it go and not let it what other people's things are doing to affect you sure and how about you personally now in your life do you ever have experiences with like haters online or people putting you down or like in business do you have situations like that sometimes 
Uh, hmm. Uh, not that I can really think of. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, you know, you're so positive and upbeat and you just move forward. I, I have a feeling that you probably wouldn't even notice stuff Maybe. that would be negative. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? You just well, let it go and you wouldn't dwell on it where some right, people right. see something like that. And all of a sudden that's the central focal point of their life. Well, I think that's, again, you know, being, that's a, a good mindset to have, you know, is not to allow anybody others negativity affect you. You know, in fact, you know, in, like in yoga, becoming self-realized and, it is, is 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 realizing that you know is that uh, it's, it's it's ability to stay peaceful and centered uh, and calm no matter what's going on around you uh, externally, right? Because that's right. a big challenge, <laughs> of course. Well, you've you've really given us a lot of a lot of solid tips and ideas about you know being healthy and growing older and so on. As we move forward in the interview, Rico, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first okay. one is this: Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness in your life? Uh, you know, I just pulled that out this morning because he asked about some books, and one of my favorite yeah. books of all time is Arnold Patton's. Uh, you can have it all. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. Arnold Patton, You Can Have It All. It's such an amazing book, and it's it was written a way long time ago. Let me see here uh, what it was. It's been around since, uh, what is it, 19, where is it? 19, well, in the 90s, way back yeah. in the 90s, called You Can Have It All. And it's, it's, it's totally about that. You know, it's totally about you know, changing your mind on really what life, what our life's all about and, and what, what is the real true game of life. And so when I read that book, you know, it, it just, and it, he has a way, you know, certain authors have a certain way affecting how you, you can they relate do. to it and the, the way of expressing it. And uh, I highly recommend that book. And what's it, that author's name again, Rico? His, his name is Arnold Patton. Is it like a Patton? P-A-T-E-N-T? Arnold okay. Patton, you can have it all. And it just breaks down really what the whole game of life is. And, and he has this exercise in there called the feeling exercise. Uh-huh. So as you know, you know, we are, we are feeling beings, really. We are feeling beings. Everything is uh, how we really uh, act is, is, is how we're feeling, what we're feeling about things and mm-hmm. people and circumstances. And so he has this exercise called the feeling exercise. As you know, most people, we have a tendency to, 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 to not want to feel our feelings and, and, and hide our feelings and, and not express our feelings. But he says, right. what you want to do is anytime you have any kind of a, particularly a strong feeling that you're not, maybe not comfortable with, just slow down and, you know, like I could do a little short meditation, just breathe and just be with that feeling and really experience what it is because, and, and that's what we are. We're feeling beings. So you, you want to actually really feel your feelings. And when you slow down, and just breathe and just feel what that feeling, you know, feel what it really is and begin to express, you know, uh, gratitude for, for being able to have those feelings. And, and then be, and as you keep on breathing and, and, and relaxing into it, begin to love that feeling, you know, give it some, some love. And then you'll be able to really uh, understand your feelings and be, and be okay with your feelings. 
uh, I think it's a really a, a, a powerful exercise. Yeah, that sounds like a powerful exercise. So, so pick up that book. You can have it all right. from the '90s by Arnold Patton. It sounds like a terrific book. Now, as you look back over your life, Rico, who is one person who has influenced you in the area of mindfulness? Uh, well, I would I, I would have to say Deepak Chopra. Uh, you know, when I first, when he first came out with his, uh, I think it was Ageless, uh, uh, well, that was his most popular book. It was uh, something about Ageless Mind, and yeah. I can't think of the name of it right now. But And didn't you study with Deepak? I did, I did, yeah. When he moved to uh, San Diego somewhere in the early 90s and opening his, his first clinic there, he put on a, a five-day uh, mind-body medicine uh intensive and I studied with him so for some reason I, I just you know I, I just really related to, to the way he was talking about it and, I, and he was one of the first persons that, that got you know famous to to bring the concept of yoga and mindfulness and meditation uh, to uh, to the Western world here into uh, uh, the modern times so I would say Deepak Chopra right for sure tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice well our breath, uh, our breath is really uh, our connection to however you want to think of to your higher self, to spirit, and it's 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 the main. I mean, obviously, it it is the main component of our life. You know, we can only stay alive a few minutes if we don't breathe, right? So yeah, breathing is sure. so important. Uh, and the thing about our breath, what we have to realize is it has it is our most powerful tool of all. If you're feeling really anxious or upset or excited. If you just take some nice, deep, slow breath, it'll calm you right down. And on the other hand, if you're feeling kind of, oh, I'm a little fatigued, a little tired, a little fuzzy, just take some, you know, some short, some deep, powerful, let's call the breath of fire. Uh, it'll energize you. So our breath is our, our the most important tool that we need to stay connected with, and realizing that our breath, if we if we breathe, it actually it's called inspire. It's 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 it's, it's bringing in uh again it's our it's it's our connection to our to our higher self and to all the knowledge that we actually need so you just need to really focus on your breathing anytime that you're feeling uh, unsettled well i really like that breath of fire sometimes yeah. i do that because yeah. i my blood pressure runs a little low uh, sometimes or most of the time it's just a little bit on the low side not dangerously low or anything like that and so sometimes I kind of have this feeling like oh you know I don't have a lot of energy and when I do that quick breathing I get up and especially when I get up and I just do some jumping jacks or I get moving and do some deep breathing then I have the energy so That's like, so you gotta move you said the right yeah. word move you know uh, yeah uh our bodies are meant to move, you know, and we've gotten into this society of, I want to mention, have you heard the term sitting is a new smoking? Yes, I've heard that. Yes, and it's so true. You know, at first yeah. we thought that, you know, well, sitting too much, of course, it gives you a stiff back and a spine mm -hmm. and maybe your back's going to hurt and you're not feeling too good. But now there's been actually studies that it shows that it really slows your metabolism down, you know, blood pools in your legs. Uh, it has so many, it's, it's really bad for your digestion and almost all metabolic functions are really in uh, are are hindered by sitting too much so what i recommend is you know don't try and sit for more than you know 30 to 60 minutes at the most and just get up just do some movement like you said do some breathing do some movements you know uh and 
and don't sit for more more than about 30 to 60 minutes at one time. You know, I have a, I just realized too that even if let's say even you if you go to the gym and work out for an hour every day and people yeah. would say, "Yeah, oh, man, I'm really into fit. You know, I'm, I have a really active lifestyle." But then what are you doing the rest of the time? You're sitting in your car, you're sitting in front of the computer, you're sitting in front of the TV, you're sitting down to eat. So, so really, most people have a, a sedentary lifestyle. We're sitting the majority of our life. So yes. that's why you got to get up. And I kind of, I'm always trying to remind myself, too, when I'm at the computer, is, sometimes I'll forget, too. You know, you get involved in stuff. So that's why it is good to have on your phone or on your computer if you can have a little buzzer or something that reminds you to get up and move a little bit and not sit too much. Yeah, for sure. And I was just going to ask that if you have a, an app that you recommend, and obviously you would recommend your timer app on your phone to kind of keep you yeah. up and moving. And, yeah. you know, people use things like the Fitbit and different kinds of products like this. Do you recommend anything? Do you have something that you use to kind of keep you uh, moving? I, I don't actually, I probably should, but you know, I'm pretty much tuned into it. Yeah. That's what I do all the time. So I'm sure you are, but I, but I think any of those are any, any, anything that, that can, that can help you do that would be really worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've totally given us so many ideas about keeping active and why we need to be more active, eat healthy foods and, and keep our body at its prime. When you do that, you influence so many people to keep their bodies, you know, vibrant and alive as they get older. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show. But but share with us, will you, uh, Rico, about how we can connect with you and maybe just touch on a little bit more about some of the courses and videos and things like that that you offer. Uh, yeah, I'd be glad to do that. And one, I'd like to say one last thing is, is you know, one of my main motivations, you know, for for trying to help people to realize, you know, to take better care of themselves is because, as you know, uh, we as humanity are facing some monumental challenges these days, you know, especially environmentally. And so, mm -hmm. so it's my feeling that we need more people, especially as they age, to stay healthy and energetic so they can give back their wisdom and knowledge to help solve these problems and also to be mentors and role models for younger people. But unfortunately, so many people are, you know, are getting old and sick and dying in their 70s and 80s, sure. right? And where we know that our genetic potential now is to stay healthy to 125. So that's one of my main things I try to motivate people with. You know, look, we need you to stay healthy and energetic and give back your knowledge and wisdom. And so that's why I developed uh, what I call the Be Bold, Never Be Old online wellness club. Because, you know, in, in order to teach my ageless living lifestyle, you know, in the past, I've only been able to, you know, just teach it to my private clients or local small workshops here in San Diego. But now, if you join my wellness club, uh, you can, uh, you know, have me on video every week as your own personal trainer. And we go through all the major health challenges that people are dealing with and then how to develop your own personalized uh, ageless living lifestyle. I like that. Yeah, and right now you. I have a special, you know, you can join for just $1 for the first month just to check it out. And you get four personal training videos from for, for me. And then after that, I just made it really inexpensive. It's only $20 a month. Uh, and then, you, you know, again, you'll have me as your trainer. And when I'm your trainer, I'm, I'm guaranteed you're going to be successful. So, so you can find that out at BeBoldNeverBeOld.com. Great. Be bold, never be old. So remember that be bold never be old.com 
fit. So that's awesome. Well, yeah, Rico, it's been tremendous having you with us. And I'm going to check out those videos myself. And uh, I want to just thank you again for being on Mindfulness Mode. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. All the best to you. Bye now. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And guess what? Now we're on Spotify. So search Mindfulness Mode on Spotify or go to mindfulnessmode.com forward slash Spotify. For the show notes for today's episode, go to mindfulnessmode.com where I put all the links and details about today's show. And another thing, send me an email Bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Share a comment on the show or a mindfulness tip. If I get your email anytime before midnight on July 7th, I'll send you a mindfulness mode fridge magnet. And I'll mention you on an upcoming episode too. Remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. So I really appreciate when you do that. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus and happiness. Stay in the mode.